welcome back. It's Tori and Alex. And we are still in isolation in separate places. Um, I think this might actually be one of the longest times we've gone without seeing each other since I moved here. Really? That no, Scott just asked me that and I was like, no, it's because you were in Canada for three weeks. When I was before. in Canada, yeah, that's true. But it's almost coming up on that. And Malaysia, right? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I feel like it hasn't been at all. But <laughs> Maybe Dude, just because I, the days are, are seem so constantly long. the same over and over. Um, yeah, like, so one of the, the things that we really want to talk about tonight, because we've been trying to, like, each week, it's like we try and kind of tap into what we've been feeling, and then we try and choose a topic based on that. So, like, with the idea that there's some kind of conscious collective, and if we speak to our truth then we're hopefully speaking to you guys and whatever you've been going through as well because we're probably all going yeah. through something a little bit similar um and one of the things that's been coming up a lot for me is just i just if i don't catch myself i end up just worrying about so many things and i can go down this spiral because i i think like all the all kind of like the big drama has died down at least in australia and mm. and like when you go on the news and stuff there's not uh, it doesn't have this urgency, right? You're not like watching every update and waiting to see what they say anymore. And because of that, to yourself and your yeah, own thoughts. But like, <laughs> they, nothing's changed. It's still a huge threat. Yeah. It's still something we need to be really worried about. Carry on with the same practices. Um, it's just that it's just our new normal. Has died down. Yeah, yeah, and also like the weird, morbid excitement of it. Mm. You know that like taps into that like ooh. Yeah. So now it's like uh, for someone who likes to plan and likes to think ahead and likes to like have a general idea of what mm. I'm going to be doing um and working You're toward the that ultimate planner yeah it's just hard when you don't know like you just have no idea like is this going to be just a few more months and even if it is like what are the repercussions of that going forward and what will the market be like like living up on the gold coast is a smaller town mm -hmm. um i'm in a contract right now at work and my contract is supposed to end in the middle of july so like will there be other jobs available at that time um like will it feel very dire like at that point in the economy or will it just feel fine and we'll all have adjusted it's funny because like from my perspective i can see your ups and downs in that roller coaster of worry where one day you'll be like oh my god like i'm so scared about my job and then the next day you'll be like oh it's fine and then it just like comes and goes i think based on probably what else you have distracting you or like something that happened at your work that day and it's just like you can see it so much more clearly when it's not you going through it but i think when you're in it you just get swept up in that in those waves yeah no definitely so with this worry that I've been having about my contract that's been coming like just coming up randomly when I didn't even I wasn't I didn't think that it was something that I was really worrying about one day I'll just mm. wake up I'll have had a good day at work the day before nothing different will have happened whatsoever and then the next day I'll wake up and all of a sudden just feel like this like tightness in my chest and yeah, just like general like anxiety. overwhelming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then my mind will race through, oh my God, but then what if this? What if this? Like, what if my contract isn't renewed? What if there are no jobs? What if like I have to go back to Sydney? Or like, what if, you know, any of those kinds of things? And then. And do you catch yourself when you're doing that? Do you realize or does it take you a while to be like, oh, wait, 
Uh, it just depends, right? It depends yeah. on the day and depends on what's going on. And, um, and it's not all the time, but it's just funny when it does happen. Cause then it's like, I, for me, whenever I have those kinds of feelings is like, I have to go all the way through the chain to the end. And once all I reach the, the end, yeah, <laughs> then I can be like, okay hit the bottom like this is like the worst thing that could happen or this is the situation and and then that's at least I know right like I'm not the kind of person who's like don't think about it push it away like (laughs) I can't even can't do anything about it so don't want to think about it like there there is the sense of um when you worry about something putting that kind of energy and like effort into something that you have no idea if it's going to happen it feels like such a waste in retrospect yeah. when I think but, about that sometimes I have thought like how much time have I spent worrying about work especially for me and like when has anything bad ever really happened and it's like how what how many like hours and days of my life have I actually spent wasted energy <laughs> but you can only see that in retrospect I think you're right hundreds thousands it's just horrible it's like it's kind of a its own it's been its own epidemic I think especially I was thinking about like with our parents and this isn't just specifically them it's like anyone from from that That generation um, that generation and stuff it's like uh the the generation that lives by they live by fear right and they Mm -hmm. were taught to like react from that fear and I would describe it as like anticipatory anxiety so it's Mm -hmm. like if you can anticipate the worry then you somehow have more of a protect sense of control over yeah. it or yeah you feel like you're somehow protecting yourself even though I don't I would beg to argue <laughs> it's that, thing that like any situation you throw at your parents they'd be like but what about this thing that could possibly happen or like but what if you die or what if like there's always some sort of worry that they can attach to it and like, our mom like-, like when it, ever I talked to her on the phone and this I could talk to her literally every day and she will uh the first thing she'll say to me is just start running through a checklist of things that I have told her she'll remember every single date and like every single like I've got a doctor's appointment in two weeks or my like manager said that like this project something something like the tiniest little details and she'll run through a checklist that she keeps in her mind and ask me every single question and she's constantly Mm -hmm. looking for the bad things to happen or, or what could be a source of danger in her mind mm. and she needs to have that fixed even if it's like who's going to water the plant she's asked me who's been watering your plants more than once like because I'm, that's like the oh, only thing she can worry about right now I remember one of the times I actually got really mad at her parents because this was kind of a classic example of that that was like so obvious at the time was when I finished law school and then I finally got like an articling job after school mm-hmm. and it had taken forever and I finally got it. I'm so happy and our parents were really nice and took me out for dinner and then the first thing they said was, so after you're done this job, are they going to offer you another job? Like, well, And they were just oh like worrying God. about the next step and I was like, can't I just enjoy this happy moment? But I think that is just that generation. They're always looking for the next thing to be worried about. It's like, phew, this thing is done. Okay, next. <laughs> and yeah. I think they're, it's like an addiction, right? So it's like, it's a pattern yeah. you get used to. And it's almost to comforting it. to always have that one, like something new to worry about. It's like, you're used yeah. to having that. So you just, yeah. And when I started studying like a bit of Buddhism and stuff and, and like then yoga after, mm. um, the big thing that they describe is called, it's called the monkey mind. And so it's this idea that like you're, 
mind can be kind of like a child and it needs to ha always have something to play with, right? And that's where you get all those thoughts from that like don't leave your head or where you get obsessive over something. Or when you're always like finding something new to worry about, um, that's your monkey mind acting up. And what you need to do is uh, find a way to like calm the monkey mind and to be able to mm -hmm. take a step away from that, um, from all that chatter basically and recognize it for what it is. Like it's not actually usually like a real immediate danger or a real, um, it's not, it's not real yet. That's, that's the problem with worry. <laughs> worry is just, it can be such a waste of time. And mm -hmm. like what I started saying to my mom is cause after this, like, you know, we're both in our thirties and I, I say to her, like how many countless like hours upon hours upon hours have you spent worrying about bad things happening to us? And yeah. when have those bad things actually happened? And it's not that they won't like bad things do happen, but why not enjoy the good time that you have while you can until the yeah, bad thing it's happens? Like, it's like you're robbing yourself of good time because you're just wasting it on this worry. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like you can really, it's like, okay, maybe like worry can be great. Like, you know, you're, you're worried about your house catching on fire. So you make sure you get um, yeah, insurance, like certain practical like protection against you fire. You get a fire extinguisher, you know, your exit routes, you get fire alarms, right? Or fire detectors. Mm -hmm. Great done once you've done that like don't think about it again you know it's like yeah. it's like if you put any more um thought onto that then you're yeah. just punishing yourself and you're also distracting yourself it's like just a really interesting thing that we've kind of been taught mm -hmm. to do in our society and it's one of the things I that i try and yeah catch myself out on a lot it's hard though because i think we all have a bit of that monkey mind in different ways and like it might be in different aspects of your life for me i i noticed especially that in work i do that a lot like in my old job in sydney i was always stressed and you know that like you know how stressed out i was yeah. i didn't even realize how stressed i was most of the time and i think i had that like low level anxiety constantly buzzing but like i always had things to worry about and a lot of those were legitimate but then I came to my new job here and I still was like worrying myself and mm. I would still like I'd build up a certain project and be like oh no I haven't finished it fast enough and then I'd finish it and it'd be great and I'd be like good and then I'd find some uh, something else to worry about or like feel like I wasn't doing well enough or fast enough for that and it's like your brain just jumps to that next thing and yeah I'm really it trying fills to in the blanks <laughs> because yeah. it like, doesn't no, like to have blanks it's not like anyone in my office literally ever had said anything to me about like my performance in a bad way and I'm still like somehow building up these anxieties in my head so I'm really trying to back down and I've, I've come a long way but it's still like programmed into me so it's, mm -hmm. yeah it's I, just, no I have the exact same thing yeah. I I realize that I always think that there's somebody like not watching. actually looking over my shoulder but yeah watching me yeah. to an extent and i will go into any work situation mm -hmm. and pick one person and assign them a personality of like they're not really sure i should be here they don't quite yeah. trust me i somehow need yeah. to win them over with all my good work and they're mm -hmm. the ones who will somehow cause me trouble has this ever in a million years actually happened to me <laughs> and i've actually had a real life yeah. person be that be that no like <laughs> never um so it's just so weird and like so there's never been a figure at my work who has ever actually been a villain to me but I somehow at every work have felt like <laughs> like like there was, there was a looming the character <laughs> yeah somehow like an imaginary figure mm. and I 
yeah. And I just like, I did, I've been doing the same thing at this workplace, although I've just been so aware of it this time that I, mm. anytime it starts to enter my brain and you just, it's, it's not even like a strong voice in my head. It's like a background noise that I'm just so, yeah, so used you don't to notice it already. Exactly. Like it's so, it would be so easy for me to just like not even register really what was going on. Cause it's just like the regular hum. Mm. Um, but because I've been doing all this kind of work and stuff and trying to like figure out what my conditions are. Um, it's just made the biggest, it's making a big difference to catch it out. But it's also really, it makes me annoyed. Like when I catch myself thinking those thoughts or assigning people like uh, behaviors that they have never even done, <laughs> It drives me crazy. It's just like, oh my God, Alex, stop it. Like, wh- well, like it why do you have to go in there? Like- a make-believe world almost like it's like an imaginary world you make for yourself where you like have all these weird things that yeah aren't even a reality yet it's true and so that was another thing with um in buddhist philosophy a buddhist buddhist yeah buddhist philosophy um is one of the things that they talk about is first dart versus second dart which is a concept that really stuck with me um when i read this book it's called buddhism and the brain and i read that when i first came to australia probably like seven years ago or something and when i was really going through a tough time and it really helped me it was the first thing i read that really made me see uh, yeah, that the mind was separate from me. Um, and then so the idea with that concept of first start versus second start is um, first start is the thing that happened. So let's say someone by mistake bumps into you and it hurts, right? So that's the first start. It's like a shitty thing. It, you, you hurt your shoulder because someone pushed into you. The second dart is, let's say it's like, it's your friend. But it's your friend that you're not always sure that she really likes you or something. And you're like, oh, (laughs) she pushed into me on purpose. Like she was doing that because she wanted to hurt my shoulder. She was doing that because she thought that I blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. Right. (laughs) And so it goes from being like someone just innocently by mistake, like bumped into you and maybe hurt you a little bit. And then you take that one small incident that is what it is. And you pile all of this like history imagined or real onto it and you make it such a bigger emotional issue than it ever needed to be and then that maybe that becomes part of a narrative of like oh yeah and that Mm. time she purposely like injured me (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah it's just really interesting because it's like you have to think about when anything happens to you and you have a big reaction is where is there a second dart that you've put onto that or is it really is that the whole first dart as it is it reminds me, have you seen, there's like this comic of a girl and a guy in bed and the girl's like thinking like, oh, what, like, is, 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 does this, is this, is my boyfriend like thinking of all these other girls or something like that? And then the boy, the boy's like thought bubble is just like a dog. And it's like, <laughs> the girl's like assuming that oh the guy, God, because he yes. did something is doing, and it's just like, guys are just like, la, la, la. But yeah, that reminds me of that. Like you assign so much weight to like a random event and then you could be, yeah, just. Well, I remember like when um i was like the older designer uh at one of the places that i worked right and there were these like really young girls uh who were new developers and they it was i think it was one of their first jobs ever and their manager was just this like senior developer who like i worked with all the time he was just like a nice guy and he 
he was just fine right but he wasn't like that emotive or anything like but he was like cruisy yeah. and all this stuff and I remember when I went and had lunch with them and they were just started talking to me about this guy and how nervous they were around him and how they thought he hated them and like he did this or he looked at them like this or he wrote an email where he like didn't put this punctuation on the end and they just thought he was out to get them and having known him and known yeah. like worked with him a lot and know like knowing what his thought process was I was it was basically like no he's just thinking about a dog like he's like <laughs> thinking what he's gonna eat for lunch and that's like why he didn't write like a smiley face on the end or whatever <laughs> they needed to feel like that wasn't happening but it was completely like yeah. them putting their own narrative on it and then living in real fear and anxiety like almost the whole time they were there I think a big part of it is remembering that thing that like everyone's usually just thinking about themselves. Like most people don't spend that much time thinking about you. <laughs> like we're all kind of self-involved in that way. Like I remember when I first moved to Australia and I was kind of a mess and I didn't have a job yet and didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was so insecure about not having a job and like no one would have cared at all. Like you wouldn't have cared. Your friends had all done farm work and like traveled around Australia for oh a God, year before yeah. they even had a job. Like literally no one, and like Bondi is like the biggest backpacker central <laughs> ever. Just have no literally, job as like, long as you want. No one would care, but I was so self-conscious and like so insecure about that. I was just like so stressed and was like, oh my God, everyone's going to be judging me and think I'm like a hobo because I don't have a job yet. And like, mm -hmm. I think I got a job after like four months or something, but like was it wasn't it. long and it wasn't, yeah. And it was just like so much time I spent being like embarrassed that I didn't have a job yet. And it made no sense. It was and living every day. Thing. And it was winter too. I remember you yeah. just got in here and it like, it added so much pain, like unnecessary mm. pain to your experience, but it's, it's so hard to to talk yourself out of that or see things yeah. for that especially when that's what your belief is like that was your foundational yeah. belief at the time right because of where you came from um mm -hmm. and because this like bondi wasn't your reality yet even if you were there no. like you hadn't <laughs> sunk into it it wasn't quite beachy yet it was winter no, it wasn't beachy at all <laughs> it looked like a homeless Wearing person yeah it was too cold that's the thing also people don't realize like in australia even if it is like beaches and all this kind of stuff in the winter mm. it is so cold um don't most have of the houses the don't have heating we had hardwood yeah. floors i bought you a pair of uggs and like i think you just never took yeah. them off basically i didn't <laughs> um, yeah but it's just it's really interesting and like on the bigger whole like not just um like what's going on in your in your mind specifically but mm. it's this idea that like so for me it was like I have a hard time when I don't feel like I can plan ahead or I don't yeah like those are the kinds of things that that for someone who's had mental health issues in the past with like depression and all that kind of stuff like I use like planning and uh anticipating in a good like the good things right like setting goals yeah. for myself as a tool like to create hope and uh, make me feel really productive and and like increase my happiness and my satisfaction I guess in my life and that's tenfold right so tenfold yeah. is like making sure like making choices and and doing all the things you can do to live a dream uh like sorry mm -hmm. live a life that needs no filters for you right like yeah. your idea of what your dream life is and all of that takes work and it takes preparation and it takes choice right it does. and how do you do that kind of stuff when 
there are no certainties. That's what I was kind of feeling like with this, like, oh, but if I I can't be like, well, then I'm going to do this. And once I get this other contract after this job, it'll be fine. Because I have absolutely no idea. Wait, what the economy is going to be in a few Mm. months. Nobody does. And that's the really weird thing. Because it's not like Uh, you can move somewhere else and it would be fine. It's worldwide. Yeah, I think it's like no one has that certainty right now. And like, I'm not on a short-term contract, but I'm still like, I don't know what will happen. Like, you never know what's going to happen with anyone's job right now. It is a bit like, oh, wait. And you have to start thinking about all those scenarios. And then you also realize like how much you took for granted when it felt like there was way more certainty. It's like you didn't even know that that was a certainty you had before when like the economy was just the economy Mm -hmm. and everything was functioning and you could go anywhere you wanted on a plane or like there were always jobs everywhere. Like it was a a real luxury that we didn't know that we had. I think it's thrown a lot of people off too, because it did feel like usually your job was a certainty for the most part. Like if you're doing well, you're doing a good job, you'll have a job, you'll be stable. Like that kind of is the core of so many people's lives. And Mm -hmm. like the fact that they all got swept away so quickly and like, it's so uncertain now kind of, rocks you to the core in some ways where you're like oh I thought this was the system that was stable and worked and I like wait a minute (laughs) well yeah and then there were other things like a lot of my friends teach yoga right and a lot of them have Mm. had corporate jobs and they quit their corporate jobs to go and pursue this uh like kind of freelancer life that's less predictable and that in itself takes so much courage right and and strength of character and all this kind of stuff to go and and try a life like that and they've all done it really successfully like I'm so proud of all of them and they went and made their lives these certain things through like effort and action all that stuff Mm -hmm. and now with everything that's happened it's like they're all out of jobs right now so they've all had to apply for job seeker and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just been really interesting because uh, yeah it just like it's like the the floor has been swept up from underneath them mm-hmm. and before it used to be this thing like if you put in enough effort if you do your yeah. best then like you will be rewarded right or like you yeah. like yeah like the things it's like there were these golden the rules to live by and now we've realized oh wait, yes exactly <laughs> like that's what I mean and now yeah. it's kind of like the rules are all a little bit different but nobody actually knows like we haven't settled on what the the new no. future is um but then I was also thinking like this idea of like oh we used to have these certainties we used to have you know at least we knew what the ground was that we walked on right yeah. but like there they it didn't really exist you know what I mean? like yeah. actually so I was like this idea that that we really ever had any certainties like it that in itself is a falsity right we just yeah. never ever know you don't know like you can get sick at any time you, know you can lose happen. your income yeah. like you can lose your loved ones right all of that kind of stuff like you just can't control it right mm-hmm. and um actually one of my favorite uh when i went through my health issues there's this woman that i found she's called the holistic nutritionist and um mm-hmm. her blog was just amazing and i read every article on it because it was all about like autoimmune diseases and and getting your period back and all of that kind of stuff and it really helped me right like what to eat like um what kind of treatments to do what kind if you should be on medication if you shouldn't like all of that kind of stuff and um I like followed her really religiously because she'd been through the same stuff as me and she I think she's around the same age as me and now and she like has two beautiful kids now and has like is living really healthy and all that kind of stuff and then just recently she ended up after this whole journey of like doing all of this work um being in the same situation that I had been health-wise 
pulling herself out of it and making a successful career out of it, she ended up getting diagnosed with like, I think it was like stage three breast cancer, mm. which like broke my heart because yeah. she was such a, she's like such an inspirational person. And so now she's been spending the last few months battling that right and like went and did this radical treatment in Mexico and is now back in New Zealand like trying to trying to like find a way right find a way to Mm. to help herself and it's just like it really hit home with me where I was like you can do everything right like times Mm -hmm. a billion right you can be the most perfect like eater relaxer like all that kind of stuff and like you just don't know you just don't know. And I don't mean to be like a horrible downer. <laughs> I I just, for me, like there's almost, it's not a relief, but like, it's kind of like what, if you really let go of the, of, of knowing, of like the yeah. idea that maybe you can control, it's like you can, there's like a certain peace you can come to with that, with like the acceptance, I guess. I think too is like that's also part of like living tenfold it's like since you don't know and there isn't certainty and you don't know what can happen like you just try and live the life you really want to live like now yes and a hundred percent not wait until retirement or what because you don't know if you're gonna have retirement you don't know yeah like this has definitely brought um to light like how much uncertainty there can be and like kind of shown us yeah like pulled that rug from under us and been like you know what nothing is certain it never was like yeah and like even with like your pension or wait Mm. what do we call it our super fund Um, that kind of thing it's like you put all this money in but now the stocks have gone down and like uh, hopefully they'll go back up again because they will but like for our parents like they're retiring and like uh, of that whole generation like Mm -hmm. all of those people who have their retirement funds have been greatly affected by this right Mm -hmm. and they may have saved their whole lives and put off a lot of other things they wanted to Mm -hmm. do because they were like as long as we save for retirement as long as you're safe for retirement and now you know, there's just, I, I don't know, I feel like we're getting yeah. so like, it's dire, but it's not like the point so, is like, you can't control it. So no. what's the point of worrying about it? Like what, what could you have done? Right. I think it's, a, it's almost actually way more about balance. So it's mm-hmm. like, put money in your pension and your super, you know, but also put money in yourself now presently. Like you have to find yeah. that balance of like where you're being um, responsible and future forward thinking and all that kind of stuff but then you also really need to enjoy enjoy the now and enjoy your life and then yeah. that's the best way to not have any regrets and the best way to I think find acceptance too I think so and yeah if you can be more aware of when you are worrying like excessively it helps because uh, like you were saying before it's not always easy to catch and like there's sometimes that are like I have an example from a couple of weeks ago where like I went to the gas station and I hung up the gas thing wrong before I went in and paid and she was like oh you have to hang it up properly before you can pay and I had so much worry about that for some reason I'm like getting in trouble at the gas station and doing that wrong <laughs> and like I caught myself immediately on that I was like oh this Hello, is so parents. stupid like yeah. why am I like feeling guilty or so it was like such a weird reaction that I obviously noticed it but like yeah when, when, when it comes to work or other areas of your life like some of those things are more consistently probably just or what about when either either of us drives in a car is the driver of a car and literally all we can do is think about how everyone else is judging us and like we're going too slow or we're doing this wrong or they're like yelling at us somehow secretly in the car because that's like one of the (laughs) mother just swears at everyone she's just constantly swearing at everyone and saying how awful they are 
I literally think if I ever get into a traffic accident, it will be because I was like, oh no, I don't want to annoy the person behind me or like something like that. Not because like of an actual, yeah. So I've been trying to be better about that, but like, (laughs) so those are the things that, yeah, it's just Mm -hmm. hard to, to get that out when it's just like, it's just the the normal, like, yeah, it's a normal (laughs) program. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was different symptoms of like anxiety, mm. right? And so like when you're having a lot of worries or you're having those things. I feel like you've had a lot, like I didn't even really know what anxiety was or that it was even kind of could be like a physical thing, but I feel like you had so many symptoms like that. You I know you about. when you're anxious, but yeah. I think you don't know. No, <laughs> I, I don't see it. I don't when you're usually physically anxious. But. I know. I don't usually notice while I'm in it. Like I'll notice after and be like, oh yeah, yeah that makes sense. Or you'll point it out, and I'll be like, oh. <laughs> you'll snap at me, and then later yeah. you'll be like, oh, yeah. I do want a pizza or something <laughs> like that <laughs> when I'm hangry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, are you? Do you want to eat? <laughs> no, I'm not hungry. <laughs> like actually, I really want a pizza now. Like ten minutes later. Um, but anyways, let's yeah. Basically, like for me. I'll always I get a tightness in my chest and it's Mm. like it just it's a horrible feeling like horrible it's like makes it hard for me to breathe and it's like yeah I just have to take like these big deep breaths and feel like I'm like stretching out my chest like stretch out my arms and like Mm. just like open and expand as much as I can Uh, also like doing hard on a block which is like one of the yin poses uh that's my, probably my favorite yin pose and you just put a block where you could use a pillow to just put it that's underneath so good. um kind of like where your bra strap would go and like kind of shoulder blades area like you can feel around mm-hmm. to feel what's best and then it just like lifts your heart up um opens up your whole chest cavity and allows you to breathe and then you just lie down like legs spread arms spread relaxed eyes closed and just let your chest like Mm. have a break basically have a break from itself and actually my physio when I went there she said so she does like a whole body analysis and literally like goes through and feels all of your bones um Mm -hmm. and she was saying that some of my ribs are compressed and I think that would definitely be like from sitting in an office chair and then like would compound the anxiety because I'm literally Mm. like not always getting enough air in yeah um but yeah so some of the other like those are my symptoms um Although I actually think sometimes I get a sore throat too. I don't know if that's anxiety though. I think that's related to my thyroid (laughs) autoimmune stuff because I haven't had that. That's more like if I'm low on magnesium. Mm. Although actually being low on certain minerals can be from, um, can be from anxiety. So anxiety can literally Mm. like rob you if you're like adrenal glands and stuff go. It depletes your body of different minerals. Mm. So it is kind of like all connected together. Um, but immediate like symptoms of anxiety. So I looked it up. There's like three mm-hmm. kind of categories. It's physical, psychological, and behavioral. So physical is uh, panic attacks, which I used to have mm-hmm. a lot when I was younger. Um, hot and cold flushes, racing heart, tightening of the chest, quick breathing, restlessness, or feeling tense, wound up, and edgy. Um, and then psychological. I think I'm the last one. Yeah, I think. I, I, I get so. tense. I feel like I get really quiet, and you'll be like, "You're not moving your mouth." <laughs> you're talking, um, and like, I think my body just like tenses up. Like you don't realize until later, and then you're like, "Oh wait, like, I can't yeah, relax. what was happening?" <laughs> yeah, that's even with my tight chest. I didn't really mm. recognize that enough until like probably this year. Yeah. Um, 
when that's like after all my yoga training and then not having had mm-hmm. it for a long time so when it came back it was very obvious like oh this yeah. is and it's not coronavirus too by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> um so and the psych- psychological ones are excessive fear worry um catastrophize mm-hmm. catastrophizing or obsessive mm-hmm. thinking um i've definitely had i feel mm-hmm. like i've had i don't know if i've had excessive fear but i've had worry catastrophizing and obsessive thinking yeah for sure (laughs) uh and behavioral is avoidance of situations that make you feel anxious Mm. which can impact on study work or social life Mm. i don't think i really do that but i probably should (laughs) i have a funny story of in law school this is just like Mm -hmm. social awkwardness slash social anxiety (laughs) but um once in law school shadi my best friend and i were like i think we were in first year and there was like some sort of like second year party going on and we heard about some party we're like okay let's go and then we got to the house and then we just got so anxious and like stood in the driveway and we're like should we go in and we literally like stood out there for like half an hour and then someone like ended up coming out and being like who's there and then we like ran away we like hopped a fence to like run away so anxious but yeah so that's like social anxiety yeah actually i just when i went to hairdresser uh and they I had blonde highlights at the time and I just wanted them to touch up my highlight and for some reason I was there for six hours and I didn't really understand what was going on and I was too like meek I think to like say anything I didn't want to like rock the boat so I was just there forever and I forget how much I had to pay but I literally just went to get my highlights touched up and then it ended up being this six hour and super expensive process and when I saw my hair at the end it was basically like white like just cry I, and, I remember like, that and um I left and I just like freaked out and my partner at the time I was just like crying and he and he was like we're getting in the car and we're going back and you're gonna tell them you don't like your hair and that they should fix mm-hmm. it because I think I was gonna get like a bottle of hair dye and then just like and just, yeah. <laughs> go and like dye it brown or something and he like made me drive back and I was freaking out and like we parked I don't even we were just in the parking lot and we got out of the car and he was like go in there and I was just crying and I was like I can't I can't I can't go in there mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden someone there was like a voice behind me and it was a ha- one of the hairdressers and she was like um what's wrong <laughs> and I was just like ah! it was like totally caught in my own mm-hmm. like dramatic spiral and then she was like oh and I was like oh I just think like the hair my hair is too light or like it's just not exactly what I wanted right and then she's mm-hmm. like okay well you can come in and we can fix it right and um so I went was it I don't another know it was the six same hours day. and then yeah and like I went in and the, it was actually awful because the whole time they just kept like tisking me like mm-hmm. oh and they're like people would die for this hair they would die for it. And I, it was like torture basically. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I went to the hairdresser and they dyed my hair with like a cap that had holes in it. And they like pulled the hair through. Yeah, like that's cap. That that's so, that's a is really that old is? school style. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, it was just, I remember that was like a big anxiety attack. But I think also mm-hmm. warranted that was just yeah. six, well, worry. six hours in the hairdresser would be traumatizing to begin yeah, with. Yeah, and then just like white, coarse hair after. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so one of the things I wanted to talk about, yeah, with those symptoms and stuff, um just like hopefully oh like with my partner because he's like a like I feel like guys aren't they don't get enough 
attention on their like emotional states, right? Mm, and no. maybe now They're just it's changing, it but like, like yeah, yeah, they've they've like never been like given the same kind of guidance, I think, and support and all that kind what of stuff. The space to like that feel their feelings. Yeah, and so I think like a lot of guys who don't aren't able to like always recognize when they're anxious mm-hmm. or like what that is and. Um, my partner's like had a couple of stressful things happening lately that he had to go through and then he was having chest pains and he thought he had coronavirus because he also Mm -hmm. had hay fever and he had to go get tested and he didn't have it and after he said that yeah the doctor said it could be anxiety and it's funny because like I hadn't really thought about that before it happened but I was yeah I because I know what my chest pains are when I have them because I'm I've had so much discussion over it right like and then I was like, oh, it'd be really interesting if, if you haven't, right? If like you don't, you, you didn't grow up with that kind of like support no. community and stuff, you wouldn't know what was happening to you. So I think it's like good to know what the symptoms of that are and that they can mm. be lots of different things like the hot and cold flushes, right? Yeah. Or like quick breathing, restlessness, like yeah. the feeling tense, like um, that there's many yeah. different like shapes. It's and your body talking it. to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and... Do we want to talk about like our coping, like what we do when we're anxious? Uh, yes, definitely. So I think for me, like one of the first things I'll usually do when I actually realize it is try and talk to someone. So like I'll probably call you and talk to you or like call one of my friends because I feel like for me, when I actually explain it or try and like explain what I'm worried about, then it almost is usually like silly. And then I'm like, oh, wait, maybe that's not so-. like it just helps me to play it out and like you were saying Mm -hmm. kind of like look through the scenarios and right now it's harder to do since everything's uncertain but yeah I think for me talking or writing too like writing in my journal is a big one like I feel like it's very therapeutic for me me too and Um, then also I think going outside for me like I'll always just go for a run or like jump in the ocean or just like being outside I think it's one of those things that makes me feel more like present like I kind of have to be in that moment so it sometimes brings me out of those worries and just makes me like especially swimming like I've always said jumping in the ocean like you have to like not drown so then you're like thinking about that and you know what I mean so you have like something else to like honestly (laughs) I have never like not gone into the ocean when I've been super stressy Mm. and like my mind has been on something and not get gotten completely smacked in the face by a giant wave and I always like it's literally like someone coming and just giving you like a big silly slap and being like get like out of this like stop it um and I I always just laugh at the ocean and I'm like I always smile and laugh when I'm in the ocean I got it like thank you it is like your friend I'm like oh it talks to you I feel (laughs) and it tells you to just like suck it up stop it like you can sort it out um yeah do you have any other yeah so I'd say dancing and singing so like when we first moved up here and every morning we would have a dance party in our living room and just like go wild and sing and like I think it just like it's such a music like the music you choose too is so important like it like we would purposely always like think like okay what's like the happiest song we can play like it if you believe in this idea like I mean, you don't, everyone knows we're made of energy, energies all around us. Everything here is like mm-hmm. composed of, of different energies and different frequencies, right? And then music as well. So it's like if you play like a happy song that you resonate with, like then you're filling yourself with that vibration. 
Yeah. And I think um, just the movement of dance, like it just makes you move in a way that you normally don't during your regular days, I think. And like that, I think just helps shake, shake up your energy and like make you feel more alive. Oh, and don't drink a lot. <laughs> it's one of my oh other my God. things. Because that's like worst. alcohol. Like I, the older I get, the worse my hangovers are, and just the more, and not even just like physical hangover, but like the depression of it. Like I feel like mm. I'll be so sad for the next few days, and I won't always remember. And then I'll be like, wait, why? And it's that like alcohol shame or embarrassment. And like I'm not a bad drunk in terms of I'm usually just like happy, but like I don't even drunk text people. Like I'll drunk text people high at worst. <laughs> so it's not like I ever really have anything to actually be embarrassed or ashamed of, but I'll like have that next day regret where I'll be like, oh my God, like what what have I done? <laughs> and it's just like that anxiety spiral. So yeah, avoiding I, when, alcohol is a good way. I didn't yeah. drink basically at all in my twenties. And then when I moved to Australia like and lived kind of like my youth for like the first yeah, years of my 30s that's when I really started drinking and like learning how to drink basically and going out and and yeah like having that cold that whole mm. kind of scene that whole scene and um <laughs> the thing was we would go out every weekend right and then come like Sunday and then Monday I would always feel yeah that kind of shame a bit of depression like I'd find it really hard to like pick myself Mm. up again and then and I was always like actually craving the stability of my week and getting back into my workout routine and my eating routine and all of that kind of stuff and then come Friday I would feel better and then it would all start over again and I didn't realize until I stopped drinking for like a long period of time how much of an effect that had on me like I thought that that was just me like I knew that like yeah. oh a hangover is bad or this is that but I didn't even realize that the alcohol like li- the lingers in like your emotional system I guess for I know more I think than just that's a that big thing after it's yeah it's not just the next day it's like for a few days you you'll be down and yeah um, and I have a like I still drink now but just not often at all but then yeah. because of that usually when I do drink we, notice. we always yeah. end up getting really drunk too like it's always like with purpose and yeah. it'll be really fun and it's worth it like it's with a lot of intention yeah. um, but then it's all always almost always like accompanied with a hangover the next day yeah. but now I know I'm just anything I think like the day or two days after I'm not allowed to take seriously so if I have like any worries or any like depressions or any kinds of those things I'm like nope like you're not entertaining any of these thoughts like for the next two Mm. days they just don't count yeah I'm like wait till you have a clear head and a clear mind and then see how you feel I think that's super important um so I've got like a bunch of tools that the planning planner in me uses to help me feel better and they've really helped me like in big uh, junctions in my life where I wasn't sure what I was going to do next and I'm probably going to do the same thing for this actually like with everything that's happening with coronavirus Um, so one actually when we do this all the time is like what's the worst thing that can happen like hypothesizing so (laughs) it may seem counterintuitive it may not float your boat but for me and I know for you like sometimes it helps to just be like okay let's go down like the worst case scenario and then you get to that like the very bottom of that worst case scenario and you figure out a solution for that or like a means yeah. of support and then by doing that like you've already figured out the worst case thing and then it's fine and then it's that's less the key. intimidating yeah. it's like 
um, immediate, uh, like hypothesize worrying. So it is worrying, but then it's like <laughs> to end the worry. So it's not an endless worry, yeah. right? It's like, just do all the worrying at once in a very like short, like <laughs> intense period and then let it go. Right. Cause you know, and you've solved yeah. it. So you don't have to worry about it anymore because you've figured it out. Like, um, and then the other things that I use, like one, I tried to describe it. I've, I've called it a forecasting chart, which sounds very like analytical or like yeah, I'm doing it some kind like of a accounting. decision tree or something. No, de so decision tree is actually something else. So oh, okay. they're two different things. So yeah. forecasting chart is like what I did. So the first time I really did that was, I think I was at the farm, like in Australia when mm -hmm. I do my farm work and I wasn't sure I really wanted to go back to Costa Rica but I knew that the responsible thing to do was to be in Australia. And then the other thing that I had been thinking was going to Brazil. And I was with like my uh, Costa Rican like boyfriend at the time and still really in love and wanting to make all these decisions around him. But I also knew that those were not, it wasn't a smart thing mm. to do <laughs> and like that it wasn't a long-term thing, but I like couldn't help myself. So I had to like, I didn't, I knew that my mind was like really clouded with that. So what I did was I made this chart and I, at the top, it was three columns. So the first column was Costa Rica, second was Brazil, and third was Australia. And then on the uh, vertical axis, like on the left-hand side, I had, I think it was like one year, two years, maybe five years or one year, three years, yeah. five years, 10 years or something. And then I went through each thing and I said, um, like the good and the bad of each, like, mm. of each scenario. thing, yeah, each scenario. So like with in Costa Rica, if I went back to Costa Rica, um, in one year, what is the good and what was the bad? So the good would be like, Oh, I'd be so in love, like all this kind of stuff. I'd be enjoying mm. myself and like the bad, like, I don't think there was that many bad things. Right. And then like Brazil was Brazil and then go to Australia and like the good at the beginning was like, oh, I'd have jobs, I'd have a job right Stability. away or like all that kind of stuff. The bad would be like, oh, I wouldn't be in love. Like, and I wouldn't mm. have that and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then I went to like, what would happen then in two years from now? Like what, you know, how would my life be progressing most likely? And then what would happen, whatever, is five years from now and then 10 years from now. And then uh, when I looked at it, like Costa Rica was the best at the beginning and the worst at the end with like how mm. it could most likely play out. And then Australia was the worst at the beginning, but then the best at the end, right? So it was like, how was I going to make that decision? Yeah. But to see that, and then it really, it just really helped me, like understand. I still remember it really vividly from you emailing. I have it. I have a picture of it, and I'm going to put it yeah. in the article that we'll yeah. we'll put up with this podcast. So if anyone wants to do a chart like that for themselves, like I just I recommend it so much because it really mm -hmm. helps you kind of see your future and plan that out. And yeah, it just like, it's, it was so cool to read. Um, I, I read it, I think it was last year or something, but to look back on that and now be mm. not in the 10 year part, I think it was like five years, but I'm there. And like, yeah. it did happen, you know, it did happen in those ways. And like, who's to say maybe Costa Rica would have been amazing and I would have been yeah. able to figure it all out. But like, from what I knew then, like I was trying mm. to be as realistic as possible, I guess. And this is from someone who's like always has the most hope in things. So it's <laughs> like with my strong sense of optimism. Um, and then, okay, the decision tree. So that was like a tool that you and I used a lot, like um, when we moved to the Gold Coast, right? Just to figure mm -hmm. out like what our steps were and stuff. So the decision tree, I just found the notes in my phone. 
and I called it the tree effect. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like a series of questions, right? That kind of cascade from one to the next. And depending on if you answer yes or no to the first question, then you go to like each answer has its own set of questions that you keep going down. Um, so the first in question was, do we like the Esplanade, right? Which is the apartment that mm -hmm. we're in now. And this was before we had moved in or applied or anything. And then the two answers to that, possible answers that I'd listed were one, um, yes, we do like it. So we apply and we wait for Tori's interview because Tori was waiting to have this interview for a job. And then the no was, okay, keep looking, stay in Airbnbs. And then so that uh, question came up right away, mm -hmm. right? And we decided, yes, um, we like it. <laughs> and so the next one was like, okay, so let's focus on Tori's interview then. If Tori's interview goes well, like there's two options of how it can go. Mm -hmm. One, Tori loves it and she gets it or two, it doesn't feel right. And she needs to start from ground zero again. So then we plot it out. Okay. For one, let's say Tori has an interview. She loves it. She gets it. What we'll do is we take the apartment. Um, we have no worries about paying for it and it buys us time and space. Like we get furniture, maybe we Airbnb it. We get a roommate. Maybe we buy our car and, um, and that's about it. Right. Oh, and then there was a bunch of other things like what, how, what I was going to do about work, blah, 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 based on that. And then, oh, I think I erased the rest of them because <laughs> we didn't even have to do it. But yeah, and then if it didn't feel right, again, we wouldn't go. Like, so basically yeah. it's the idea that you like go through the big overarching question and then you start to answer every smaller question within mm -hmm. it. And it like ends up looking like one of those like family tree kinds of things, like as you go down. Yeah. And so that also was another way of like looking at every angle right and mm -hmm. plotting out like and trying to find the positives for us in each situation mm -hmm. so that nothing ever felt like oh and then if this doesn't happen we're gonna die it'll be the yeah. worst thing ever like um it was just it made everything feel really positive no matter what yeah it's just nice to have that sense of structure and feel like it makes you feel like you have more control over things to just know what the options are yeah definitely um and i think like those are the kinds of tools that I just keep with me all the time and Always. that help. Yeah. Yeah. Help, help me in my day to day and help me with live, live my life as tenfold as I can. I always tell anyone who's like facing any sort of big decision or like not sure what they should do. I'm always like, map it out. And the other thing I wanted to touch on too is like, we've talked about this before, but like with this idea of like these worries that we can't control, like with everything that's been happening to everyone all over the world is like, you can never remove your reaction. So even if you catch yourself worrying mm -hmm. about something that you have, you, you can't do anything about at the moment, um, you can't beat yourself up about it, but like you, it, like the key is to be able to recognize when it's happening, mm -hmm. see the worry, like for what it is, and then be able to take a step back from it and look at it. And when you yeah. can do that, instead of just living in it and living in that fear, then you have power over it. Right. And then you have that space and you can breathe a little bit and you can look at it and be like, Oh, you like, you're a pretty funny little worry. Like, where did mm -hmm. you come from? Like, yeah. how long have you been living in my brain? You know? <laughs> Yeah, there's that saying, I was looking stuff up for this, and it's, you don't have to control your thoughts, you just have to stop letting them control you. So it's like, yes. you're going to have those worries, 
you can't control that. Like they'll, they'll come into your mind as a thought, but it's what you do with that thought. Like you don't have to be like, this is the ultimate truth. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I guess it's like, it's, it is like that first dart, second dart. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, it's a thought, but then like, do you make that thought become like the be all end all and, and like affect yeah. your nervous system, right? Yeah. Which is horrible. Like that's horrible yeah. for your immunity, like horrible for all of those kinds of things. Um, yeah. So basically like, turn your fears and your worries uh, like let them be your nuisances like where you're like mm. oh you again yeah. like <laughs> like you little thing I'm gonna like bat you away yeah. and it's gonna come back it might come back every day but like kind of like almost have fun with it if that if there's a way to do that because yeah what can you do right it, I think it's just trying to remember that and trying to check in on things and like try and think like how many of your worries or fears have actually come true in your life probably like a small small percentage and when you realize that then it's like okay (laughs) well and and the ones that did come true like then what yeah like you're still here you know like even for me when I think about it like I when I was younger and like uni I'd be like oh there were some things that I like failed at and those would have been my fears like I didn't get into like the co-op program in like undergrad I didn't do this but like those things all turned out to be really good things in the end like I got like a better experience like like I turned those things around so they weren't even anything to fear and like they happened and then something good happened from them so it's like it's Even all like it's all training. a lesson and it's it's a yeah. lesson that you're supposed to learn like for yeah. me when I had all my health health issues start to pop up and I like all of a sudden gained all this weight really quickly I couldn't control mm. it in any way right and I all of a sudden had no energy like all these horrible it was literally my worst nightmare like yeah. to not have not only not have any control over my body but feel like so horrible yeah. like just I felt like I was in a daze I had no I, I just like wasn't yeah. myself in any way, not shape, or form. No. Yeah. And like I'd never felt like that before in my life to that extent. And that was like just it li- literally was like my biggest kind of mm. worry was like I didn't yeah, it was was to be that kind of powerless over my yeah. own being. And I learned so much from that. It like, started you on a huge journey. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like the thing that I worried about the most, like once it actually happened to me it changed my life for the better and my whole life since then has been like a thousand times better and I've my mind has been better and (laughs) Scott's just come into the kitchen and grabbed a giant box of chocolates actually that's the other thing for worry and anxiety is like for me chocolate (laughs) like actually not just joking like really it's like if I have a piece of chocolate just like the texture of it melting in my mouth like something about it just like calms my whole nervous system down and so I'm just not going to feel guilty about it I think that's brilliant like sometimes you just have to like let go of some stuff and let yourself (laughs) if that's what's going to help then that's what's going to help like yeah I mean within reason but you know what I mean (laughs) yes be kind to yourselves and eat chocolate. <laughs> exactly. Or whatever your chocolate is, as long as it's yes. not like really bad drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't do drugs. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that covers. I think so. Worry. And just like, I feel like even just talking about all this right now has made me feel nicer. Me like, too. I didn't even think I was like, anxious today, but I feel like lighter right out. now. Like what you were saying mm. is like, talk it out with a friend and 90% of it will at least go away and also yeah. it's going to come back too so when it comes back be like oh just remember like 
recognize it for what it is Mm -hmm. and don't let it always have the same weight and the same power and just know that we're all in the same boat and so there's like a weird certainty in that it's like at least the whole world is going through this so I think too there's a tendency for us to be like oh I'm weird this is like I'm the only person who's experienced this thing like you like you you feel like you're so unique but it's like we've all gone through the same things we've all thought the same things like know that and know you can talk about it to people you isolate your your inner mm-hmm. thoughts, but now we're all isolating. Isolating, <laughs> exactly. Yes. The inner has become the outer. Mm-hmm. Okay, shall we go to the woo woo? Yes. Woo, woo, woo. Um. Okay, so I had to quote one of the notes from the universe this week, which I think is very relevant to this. So it says, "Today, Tori." There are likelihoods, no concretes, no absolutes, nothing predestined or set in stone, just likelihoods. And the ones that will come to pass will all pivot on you and your thoughts. Tally-ho, the universe. Which I thought was good because that's exactly what we were just saying. It's like you never know what's going to happen. So It's so true. Yeah. Just have faith that you're on your journey and you're learning the lessons. You're getting served the lessons you need to Mm. learn. And definitely actually oh sorry, one of the other things, even though I know that we're in woo-woo now, I just wanted to say is like I mean, this is like coming from a place of like we've we've lived very privileged lives and we're Mm. very fortunate. Um but like with job worry or with that kind of stuff, like when has it really ever been as bad as you think? You know? Mm. Like no matter how much I worry about a job or a contract or money or whatever some like something always has a way of balancing out and I know that with with everyone I know like they're the we're in constant flux where it's a constant like movement like the it's never still the world is never still so there's always something coming your way whether it feels like it or not and Mm -hmm. we're just never stuck in the moment that we want to like even if we want to be stuck in a certain moment it will always move forward so this too shall pass Yes. And what was the thing that you always said? It was like, if it's for you, it won't. Yeah. If it's for you, it won't go past you. Yeah. That's a good one for guys. So (laughs) for everyone who's having guy (laughs) troubles, if it's for you, it won't go past you. So if it wants to go past, let it. And like, if it comes back, (laughs) then that's great. But yeah, just leave it. Hmm. And should I pull a mermaid card? What are you feeling? So I kind of feel like it. Okay. I think we should. I'm just pulling them out right now. I miss the mermaid cards. I feel like they're part of my soul. I'm holding the microphone at the same time. Uh (laughs) So I'm just going to do this. It sounds like you're underwater with the mermaids right now. It's wonderful. I'm just going to cut the deck like we've been doing. I'm doing this on a couch, so it's a little bit precarious. Okay. And what is this card? Oh, my God. (laughs) What is it? Oh, I wish I could see it. Tranquility. Make time to relax, be still, and enjoy your solitude. Indulging in (laughs) much-needed self-care. And I have never seen it before. It is in a I house. I don't think I have either. Which I don't think any of the cards are. It's indoors, not outdoors. So usually like in Whoa. the ocean or in a pond or something. 
So it's in this like, it looks like a little cottage house with wood floors and uh, floral curtains um, looking out onto a forest scene. And the mermaid is in a bubble bath. She's got her eyes closed. She's got auburn wavy hair and her tail is just like flopped out over the side of the bathtub. But I worry why that mermaid is in a bathtub relaxing. <laughs> Someone stole. Like, she's like self-isolating. Where she wants to be. Like, is she close to the ocean? She's quarantined. She's worried about her. <laughs> Which is not the point of this podcast. Um, okay, and then I'll read from the book. So, Tranquility. Really funny. This card asks you to take a break from your harried schedule. Soaking or swimming in salty water creates a magical electrical energy shift in your body. The salt draws out emotional and physical toxins. Purchase sea salt from your local health food store spice section and pour lots of the salt and fragrant essential oils into your warm bath water. Be sure to immerse your chest and heart chakra underwater as you soak in the tub in order to release toxic emotions. Burn a white candle near your bathtub. As you look at the flickering light, think about what you want. The white candlelight amplifies your thoughts and feelings so think about your desires and not your fears. Let the salt water wash away any doubts that could block your manifestation. Ask the candle to illuminate your mind with faith mm. and positive expectations. Enjoy this relaxation time and have faith that your prayers have been heard and are being answered. Wow. I love the cards. They're we so definitely, magical. Here's our, they're just talking <laughs> about our isolation, basically. Yeah. Enjoy your solitude. Um, and we were saying about swimming in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. Should we end with a mantra? Did yeah. it? Was it um, crackly? Did we only do one of us last time? We only did one because okay. it got crackly. Do you want to sing it this time? Yeah. I will try. Oh. Satoma Satyamaya Tamasoma Jyoti Gamaya Vichorma Amritam Gamaya Oh Satoma Satyamaya Tama I forget what how it goes. <laughs> You're singing it. I feel like I always like kind of forget and then just like slightly <laughs> copy what you're doing. <laughs> okay, I'll sing the last verse. I think you should okay. just keep this in. That's I fine. Know. Guys, everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> We're none of us. Don't worry, be happy. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'll just sing it one last time for our last mm. verse. Okay. Um. <laughs> You can do it. Okay. Oh, Masatoma Sat Gamaya Tamasoma Joyti Gamaya Richorma Amritam Gamaya. Namaste, guys. Good thing. Love you.